Welcome to Mystery Guys, Sires, and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. It is one of those things. So, uh, a somewhat dramatic thing happened on uh, Riverdale. Oh my god, you heard... Th- this is what I wanted to talk about on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, so KJ Abba got in a little bit of an accident. Because apparently they're overworking the kids. Well, yes. <laughs> that's what... The, uh, I need to say this in a way that makes, me, makes, it, <laughs> makes it clear. I am being... I, I am negative about this, which is that... <laughs> That is how film works. Yeah. It's sucks. <laughs> yeah, you work really, really hard for a very short period of time. Yeah, like like so the average day on a film set, sixteen hours. Mm-hmm. Like that's and they had to fight hard to cap it off there. Because there's times when people work for, you know, like eighteen hours and then they would have to drive home and then die. <laughs> uh which sucks. And also is weird in this like, yeah. like, like because you have a compressed amount of time to get the project done yeah but i always what i always felt like whenever i saw this like just shoot this here's why here's what i feel someone who's only ever worked in an independent film although yeah whatever yeah just shoot less days the same amount of same amount of hours no i'm sorry shoot more days less time same amount of hours mm-hmm. because that doesn't make people die all, well, I mean, but it's like the, it's the same thing with the healthcare industry, which is a whole other thing we could get into. Where it's like, I mean, it's okay, guys. I'm not comparing the film industry to the health healthcare industry, but they reach this point of toss up where it's like, okay, we're working really long hours, we're overworking our employees, but the continuality of care well, is better. But I, or the railway. But Aaron. Yeah, I know. Those are things that, like, yeah, no, if everyone stops doing healthcare, there's no one to do healthcare. But if you do a 12-hour shoot on a movie and then stop and then next day do a 12-hour shoot in the movie, nothing has happened in that time that... Well, also, this is Canada and our days are short and variable. Yeah, usually what you're doing is you're shooting day and night for the same at the same time. Or yeah, you're shooting yeah, all I know, but years. still... No, mo- mostly my feeling of that, and I guess I'm probably going to get you know a bunch of other people working film have their own thoughts about this. But my, my thing is like, like okay, so you shoot a 16 hour day, which you know has presented people like falling asleep at the wheel and the driving home and things like that, mm-hmm. or you could shoot a 12 hour day, which I understand is more days, but the hours stay the same. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you need to shoot for 24 hours, you have an option. You could shoot for 16 hours, and then you could shoot for six hours. I mean, that's not how it worked, but, you know. Or you could do that. Or to 12 hours. It's still 24 hours. And the thing with Riverdale is, I presume, they are not renting the venues that they record in by an hour-by-hour basis. Well, no, I mean, hour-by-hour hour would be fine. Day-by-day day would cost more. But you comprehend what I mean. Like, it's not like they're like, oh, we only get pop tates for this amount of time, so, you know... If we don't film all of our pop tate scenes today, then tomorrow there's going to be a sock hop in there. Yeah. It's... I would assume for Riverdale, it's not that. Also, you know, yeah. I'm just going to say, I don't think those kids should be driving themselves to set because <laughs> none of them live in Vancouver. Num- I presume they are all put up in virtually yeah, the same num- place. Number two thing. I'm, I just learned that KJ Appa has to drive himself to set. Um, I actually, when you said I feel negative about this, I thought you were saying that... I thought you were going to go on and tell her you were like, he's being a baby. This is just the way the no, industry no, is. No, 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 no. That's, that's what I meant. Like, I had to say, like, this is the way the industry works. And it sucks. Like, yeah. it is ridiculous that they spend those many hours on something. And the people who 
like feel the most effects from it. Usually, are the people who have the less the least say in it. Like, yeah, the directors and the producers they're working long hours and long hours as well, but they tend to have rides or tend to be have like places tend they can to say have on... enough money that they can call an Uber. Yeah, but like the grips and the you know the lion guys, all the guys who have to drive themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you work for eighteen hours, and then then this happens way more than people say it does, where they just fall asleep at the mm-hmm. wheel and. Like, either get seriously injured or that, and then they're, you know, they're out of work or they're dead or they're... So that which helps no one, so... All right, let's stop talking about the film industry. Uh, and let's get into the OC. Ugh. All right, yeah. so this is episode 20, the telenovela. The telenovela. So it's school time. School stuff happens. People throw baseball, not baseballs, footballs. <laughs> People throw, there's someone throwing a baseball somewhere. I feel like football season is done. Actually, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say because it's high school, it's probably all the time. But the Super Bowl, Aaron, high school. No, but okay, but like high school. I think football season in high school. It is not year-round. Yeah, it's not year-round, though. Like, it has a set season. All sports have a season. Yeah, but... Every sure. man has a season of life. Yeah, but Aaron, I'm just going to take a guess. I'm going to say that that probably the season of football is somewhere in the middle of the year. Yeah, but you realize this is well after Valentine's Day. So? Yeah, it's done. I don't think it's done. Football's done. Even if it's not done... Baseball is about to start. Aaron, this entire thing makes no sense because they're just throwing around a football. It doesn't have to be football season. I'm just saying. They Aaron, have... I love this image of like people like like in a park throwing a football. You come and go, no, it is not football season. You cannot be throwing a football I'm when just... it's not football season. I'm just saying, since this is a wealthy school, why are they not playing like racquetball? Because <laughs> they're in the middle of a quad, Aaron. You can play casual racquetball. <laughs> I do not like this episode, I was... so I would appreciate more context I w- setting. I was just making a joke with the fact that they're throwing a football around. You apparently have some sort of deep-seated hatred against someone playing football when it's not football season. No, I just it doesn't make sense. And this episode is what? really dumb. So what? I would have I do not care for this episode. I would have liked something to have made sense in the episode, period. <laughs> and maybe a seasonal sport or a so- sport that sets context. Or, you know, establishes where we are would have been useful. Aaron comes running in, knocks the football out of the air, throws them baseball gloves, and says, it is baseball season. So, in other dumb news, Ryan and Marissa aren't really seeing each other, which, well, okay. So, yeah, so and they, Ryan they, thinks they can be friends. Seth doesn't think they can be friends. The weird, then Marissa thinks they can be friends. Then Summer doesn't think they can be friends. It's dumb. The weird thing about this is that, that this entire episode is people... It's like they don't understand what's happened or happening. Because, like, we have an entire other episode clarifying this. But apparently... No one talked to each other. Like, Ryan and Marissa have not actually broken up. I guess. All that happened was that he didn't want to sleep with her for the wrong reasons. Yeah, and... So, yeah, Seth doesn't want... Ryan wants to be friends. (laughs) It's dumb. The... Every premise of this episode... (laughs) There is not a single good premise There's, in this entire episode. I, I'll, I'll fight you on that later on. Nope. Um, I, I like how also the fact is that 
there's this running gag that everyone that Ryan and was like, we'll just be friends again. And everyone's like, you're never friends. That's true. <laughs> Which is true. We also have a cute setup where Summer thinks that Seth is a huge geek who mumbles all the time. And Seth thinks they're in love. Yeah. And like Summer is, is, is she doesn't like daytime Seth, I guess would be the way to put it. It's true. She only likes sex Seth. Yes. She likes Seth. She likes private Seth. Um, so while they're at school, Teresa calls Ryan's cell phone. Call Seth's cell phone. Really? I keep missing. So they've not given Ryan a cell phone. I thought they did. I thought so too. Because what happens is that, because remember, Seth's being all like, yeah, me and Summer, we're together and it's great and it's awesome. Oh, I got a phone call. Maybe it's Summer calling me. Who do I know from the 909? And then Ryan's like, nah, that's for me. I give out your number (laughs) as his number, apparently. No, Teresa says she got the number from Seth's mom. I don't. I do not remember ever hearing a clarification of that. No, she definitely said that, <laughs> and so I was like, "Oh, she got Ryan's cell phone." But no, we both only saw half the scene. <laughs> no, no, she she calls Seth's cell phone, which also means that Kirsten was like, "No, nah, just call Seth." I don't understand <laughs> why they haven't given Ryan a cell phone. They did he, in the early when he, he went to Chino. They gave him a cell phone. It wasn't his cell phone though. It was someone's cell phone. I guess because remember. Remember, I think it was Sandy's cell phone. Seth calls Ryan while he's in Chino yeah. on the cell phone they gave him. And then I guess he just immediately lost it. No, it wasn't for him. It was someone else's cell phone. <laughs> like he would just they like, don't just have random cell phones laying around the house. Like, so he would just like, <laughs> all right, bye, Seth. And then he just like drops his hand and the phone just falls to the floor and vanishes. He's like, ah, I'm done with that. I mean, there was that episode that we listened to of One Shot where he just kept continually losing cell phones. <laughs> so maybe this was the inspiration and we just didn't realize uh, so, yeah, Teresa, I guess, is going to be working in the OC. Yeah. At this point, she frames it for one day only. It, whatever's going on with Teresa is weird. She's like, hey, I'm going to go back to town. We, we should hang out. And then she hangs up the phone and in walks her boyfriend, Eric Balfour from I knew, Haven. I knew I recognized him. And the weird alien movie Skyline. Yes. I was trying to figure out why I recognized him. You recognize him because he is a face. Like a piece of granite. It's he, true. He could headbutt his way through a brick wall he with his chin, I guess. Chiseled. Chin butt. He could chiseled chin butt face. it. face. Though, and he always, I always feel like he has to have the hair on his chin, mm. but he can never be a full beard. It can only be like along the straight line of his chin. To really, you know, clarify it. Because, well, he's very. Just so you know it's he, there. He's essentially a walking parallelogram. So, yeah, weirdly, he walks in, he's just had a shower, and he's like, oh, who are you talking to? And she says, Wrong number, and then slides a suitcase under the bed with her foot. Yeah, he's like, so, I, I'm like Teresa's boyfriend, I guess. He says, "Hey, babe," and also he's shirtless in yeah. the house, and so that's sketchy. Anyway, cut away from this situation, I guess. Where Summer immediately ignores Seth and wanders off with Brad. So, Aaron, how many times in this season, in this series, do we have these two? It's Summer and it's Marissa. Yep. And it's Seth and it's... um Ryan. Ryan. And they are talking to each other. And mm-hmm. then they awkwardly meet up in the hallway and go, mm-hmm. uh, 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 I didn't expect to see you in this same hallway every single time. Yeah, you'd think one of the groups would take a different route to get to where they're going. Or both <laughs> of them. Although maybe that's what's happening. They're just continually taking different routes <laughs> and they just keep ending up no, we'll go left the same this time. way. Yeah, no, we'll go left this time. Let's talk yeah. about Brad for a second here, Aaron. Brad has the douchiest of hair. And when we first see Brad, how does Seth 
like respond to him. Hey, Brad, I didn't recognize you out of your Speedo. Never is it clarified why Brad is in his Speedo until later when you see it on a shirt. And I did not notice that shirt. So is he on the water polo team? He's on the water polo team. Spin team. I meant swim, but. Water polo team. I assumed when I first saw it, water polo, but it's only because you mentioned water polo. You know what? Maybe this is a real deep dive, and we actually saw Brad in the first episode when the water polo team beat up Ryan and Seth, and we just don't remember. (laughs) Sure. You know what? Maybe this is a real throwback to, oh, God, they didn't even 21 bring, episodes ago. They didn't even bring back a, like, a original Holly. I don't, I don't was trust she to Holly? do, to was do she Brad. Holly? Maybe she was Holly. I don't know. But all we know is that Seth saw Brad in a Speedo, which probably water polo. Maybe Brad just likes to walk around in a Speedo. You know what? Brad does seem like the type who likes to walk around in his Speedo. <laughs> just, Brad? Okay. Okay, you guys. Talk about so, Brad. They're having a kissing booth. Because that's a thing that we do in the 2000s. So they are going to have one girl and one boy at the kissing booth. And it's $10 for a, to make money for the team. And so when Brad had to think of a girl who would kiss people for money, he immediately thought of Summer. And, and Summer, Summer is unironically <laughs> flattered. Yeah, she is not upset by effectively being called... A kiss prostitute. And from what I know of Summer, where is the rage blackout? <laughs> Give me the rage blackout. I think I think she's trying to play it cool in front of her new boyfriend. Which she doesn't want people to know about. So she just tamps on down I, that rage I think blackout. Like, I think like at this point, 70, 80% of her mind is just telling her telling her to not not be Seth's boyfriend right now. <laughs> don't think of Cohen. Don't think of Cohen. Don't think of Cohen. Later, she l- is obsessed with Cohen. She loves him so much. So I feel like she's at all times. He's <laughs> just in, don't think of Cohen. Just in mid rage blackout. But what it what it the rage is is don't think of Cohen right now. Don't because he's standing right there. And she just can't use her human emotions to be offended and appalled by the suggestion. Uh, but this is uh, after Brad leaves. Turns out Anna's back. Anna's back, and I think she might be a ghost. Um, I think she died in Philly. Be- and the only people who can see her are Seth and then later Summer, because she <laughs> fades in and out of the scene at the perfect moments. And it's a very vague. It's like, oh, did you like Philly? And she's like, yeah, I ate a tuna melt in my old favorite place. I saw all my old friends, and I thought about how much I miss them. I'm like, oh, she's dead. She's dead. She's a ghost. Or she's moving back to Philly, but probably a ghost. Probably a That is the much more likely... <laughs> this she, is a telenovela. She's a, she is a ghost. But she, but she comes talk to Seth, and they're going to just, I guess, do their stuff now. They're going and, to... And it's weirdly... Because she, she's like, oh, it didn't take you long to... You know, uh, move on, m- move on to summer. Like, I started figuring this out. And I'm like, and I always think the fact like, Anna, you sniped. Yeah. Seth. Like you, 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 you. and summer were like, no, we're not going to go for Seth. And you snuck over to his house and kissed him. Yeah. So you have no leg to stand on here. Yeah. Like, like, don't get me, don't get me wrong. Seth wasn't great when he was dating you, mm-hmm. but don't, don't play high and mighty when you, when you like splinter celled Sam Fishered up next to him was like, Hey, now we're dating. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, yeah, no, yeah. Okay. That's fine. I mean, I don't, I don't understand girls. Guess what, Kevin? Caleb has a problem, and he wants Sandy to fix it. See, Caleb's friend Sean did a drunk thing. (laughs) 
And now he wants Sandy to be the lawyer to fix the drunk thing. Now, here's the thing. I always thought it was something, like, there's something yeah. so much worse. Is what they say is that Sean got drunk and stumbled into someone else's hotel room. Yep. Which is rude. Yep. But, but the fact that they made me think, like, did he do something when yeah. he was in did there? Did he do a drunk thing? Or did he stumble in when someone was naked and they're like, oh, like, yeah, yeah. pervert. Because, like, like drunkenly something to someone's hotel room, she's like, like oh, oh. And oh, then, my like, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so security drunk. security throws you up. But apparently he's in big trouble. Like, yeah. the DA is going to – the district attorney is going to deal with this. Well, and – okay. It's hard to talk about this without skipping forward. Yeah. And I'm not going to skip forward. But um, I'm going to cover a little bit of things. So Kirsten is like, well, if you want Sandy to fix it, you have to ask him yourself. Yeah. And I just – with everything I know that's coming up – how did Caleb not think that Sandy was going to figure this out? Well, also, why he's the reason? Why he's did a, he ask for Sandy? The reason he says Sandy's like, oh, he has friends in the DA's office. I'm but, like, Caleb, you a hundred percent know at least three other lawyers who have quote unquote friends in the DA's office. Yeah, and you know Sandy. You know that Justice is his only friend. Yes, he doesn't care about your drunk friend. No, he's never met Uncle Sean uh, before. <laughs> Uncle Sean. Ugh. 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 Um, okay, so then we have another scene where Anna ghosts on up and she judges Summer and Seth's relationship well, because Summer loves to ignore Seth. She does her, like, fairy godmother-like mm-hmm. thing that she used to do. Yeah, and I don't know why she's doing it again. And <laughs> We're just retreading old ground, and I don't care about it. Her outfit isn't even that hilarious. Well, it gets weirder later. It but... does, but, like, ugh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> No. No. Um, meanwhile, Julie Cooper is sexy dressing for parent-teacher conference, but it's not actually for parent-teacher conference. Yeah. Well, I mean... I it, mean, it... Well, she, she's going to seduce Dr. Kim. She dresses very sexy for a quote-unquote parent-teacher conference, and then she accidentally runs Wanders into Luke. Wanders by Luke's locker. Oh, but she, but she is down to clown with Luke. It's like, we can't do this here. I'll do it tonight. <laughs> but but then we get a little bit of like ray of sunshine in this terrible scene, which is Jimmy's there, and Luke has no chill. No, he has caught the Jimmy Cooper no cool disease. <laughs> and Jimmy Cooper has like this look on his face where he's like, "You got no chill." I respect that, Luke. We also have a great moment where Jimmy Cooper reveals that he's afraid of Doctor Kim. <laughs> Well, Which, cause, fair. Because Dr. Kim's a snitch. Dr. Kim has probably told him so many Do, secrets. For all we know, Dr. Kim was the one who started the whole, like, Jimmy Cooper's a criminal thing. Probably. She, she called in she a did. student. She just called in, like, I don't know, Brad. It was like, hey, Brad, you wanted to hear something about Jimmy Cooper? You know, you heard that Greg was going on a punching spree last night. <laughs> Well, I know why, and I just want to make sure you know, Brad, because I'm worried about you as a citizen of this community. You need to know what's going on in this community. I have no connection to this at all, but yeah, go ahead, Dr. Kim. (laughs) But Brad, I know you go to school with Holly, and Holly's dad is out there. He's just trying to punch Jimmy Cooper. He's trying to punch everyone. And Brad, it's because Jimmy Cooper is a criminal. (laughs) Tell your friends. Tell your mom. (laughs) Don't tell Greg. <laughs> but tell everyone else. <laughs> Dr. Kim's never heard of the phrase snitches get stitches. She has no stitches. And yeah, anyway, this is a this is a gross but also funny scene with yeah. Jimmy. 
You know what? I don't like the storyline, but I appreciate that it's the very obvious comedic relief. Yeah. Ryan and Marissa meet again, which is weird because they meet in the exact same way in a very similar place, which makes you wonder, why is this two different scenes? Because they need to get rid of Summer and Seth. But they so were that, they were gone earlier. They so that, left. Yeah. Because <laughs> remember, remember, Brad came and took Summer, and then Seth went yeah, out and had to talk. Ryan needs some time to be like, Marissa doesn't know how to be the bigger person. I'll be the bigger person. Yeah. I'll apologize for being awkward. So Marissa's like, hey, we should hang out tonight. And he's like, uh, I can't tonight. She's like, oh, fine. I guess we're just going to never be friends again. I guess we can't do that. I guess we're just going to be we're gonna fade away. She we're never gonna get... a real Bolivar. <laughs> and Ryan's like... Calm down. After school. And I don't understand the difference between this evening and after school, but that's okay. Like, it seems like his, his thing could have been like, oh, yeah, but I have to be done by this time. Yeah. Come on, Ryan. Well, Ryan doesn't like to talk. Well, though, though, to be fair, I think his original plan was like, oh, no, I can't do any time tonight. Yeah. But then she when did she her flipped freak out. out. He was like, like, oh, God. All right. Okay, I give you an hour. Calm down. <laughs> you get an hour. We'll play Dynasty Warriors 4. I did write that it. down because I looked down when they were playing the video game. Was it Dynasty Warriors? It, we never saw the screen. Oh. However, she did call it the Ninja Game, so which it means it's Dynasty, Dynasty Warriors. Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> so, A game about the about Chinese War. And the they keep calling game. it the ninja game. And I'm like, is this racist? It feels you know, kind of racist. There's a lot of things in this episode that are mildly racist. <laughs> we will get to them. All right. So Sandy has dinner in his restaurant because... He's there by himself. He's testing um, meatloafs. Oh, that's right. He's eating his mom's meatloaf. Yeah. Which, by the way... It's so good! Oh, God. Caleb is terrified of Sandy's mom. <laughs> which is amazing. Which is a scene I wanted to see of, like, at the wedding. Yes. <laughs> well, Caleb's like... Well, Sandy's kind of a uh, a ter- like like Sandy isn't very good at anything, and, and Sandy, and Sandy's mom's just like, "You're a monster! How dare you! I am a Jewish mother. I love my son more than life itself." And then just like shoots meatloaf at him yes. throughout the rest of the rest of the ceremony. She's just flicking meatloaf <laughs> in the back of his head. He's like, I think I think that old woman's hitting me with meatloaf. Shh, hush, hush, Caleb. <laughs> So, um, Caleb would like this thing to be handled quietly, and he yeah. thinks Sandy can do it. So, Sandy tries to play it like, oh, I guess I'll just look at the case file. We'll see what will happen. But, like, clearly Sandy's going to help him because that's who Sandy Cohen is. Yeah. He, he he loves a mystery. Although we do learn that Caleb likes the meatloaf. At the very end of the scene, he has, like, a throwaway line where he's like, is there any more meatloaf? <laughs> he was just picking it out of, like, the back of his shirt at the <laughs> wedding and putting it in his mouth. He's like, one day I need to eat this. <laughs> so we have a scene where Julie... We don't get to see the meat... I, I know. We I know. I wanted the meat with I Dr. Wanted Kim. Because why? Why were they there to talk about Marissa? I mean, I guess... I guess it was just a check-in. Yeah. So, <laughs> But, like, in the world of the OC, Dr. Kim was like, hmm, Bolivar Trask transferred out of our school. Now, Jimmy and Julie Cooper, far be it from me to share your daughter's secrets, but did you know she was friends with one of our transfer students? Did you know that he transferred out of our school? Did you know there was a gun? <laughs> and Jimmy and Julie are like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, we do. She's like, ah, oh. oh, dang. We're her parents. All right, you can go now. <laughs> so, um, like, once again, out of world, this meeting makes sense. Yes. In world, why? Why? Um... Julie's a good person and is very impressed that Jimmy is involved in his daughter's life. Which he has 
always been? been? It's weird for her, hear her, like, like I guess the idea is not that Jimmy actually is better, because he's always been good. Yeah. It's, it's that, that she ju- is better. And she is, she is talking about how Jimmy is better, because that makes Jimmy go like, there's something weird going on with yeah. you. Why are you nice? This isn't right. As you and Caleb are getting along very well. And she's like, no, we broke up. And he's like, ha! You always thought you'd be rich and married. Now you're happy when you're poor and single. (laughs) 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 Little does he know, gross things are happening. Um, So meanwhile, Summer and Seth have some sexing. And Summer goes on this whole rant about how they're celebrities. And she doesn't want... (laughs) Actually, it's awesome. I love this. Remember how you said you don't like any of the plot lines? I love Seth and Summer's plot line. It is... You know, the only reason it's good is because Rachel Bilson is killing it. Well, and also, like, what Summer's going through, which we learn later, is fine. It's fine, but it's not... I needed more kernels earlier, because I was just like, it's, this, it's, is, this, it's, is, it's, this is only for humor's sake. What is going on? <laughs> so, so, essentially, Seth's like, hey, why don't you talk to me in public? And she's like... Well, we can't be public because, like, we'll, we'll be a high-profile couple. And then, we'll, then like, someone will come up. And then, we'll, then like... We'll, and then we'll the paparazzi. Like, and they'll be like, why does she have so many juicy sweatsuits? And <laughs> and then the divorce. And then the wedding is off. And the movie fails. <laughs> and so it's like, uh, wh- what? Where's my ghost friend when I need her? <laughs> Anna, where are you? <laughs> She's just flowing through the ethereal plane. Um. So Ryan and Marissa play Dynasty Warriors. They're like talking about how they were never actually friends you know what their friend stuff is fine if they didn't keep bringing it up yeah because you know what they were fine when they were playing dynasty warriors they were yeah. cute they were having fun <laughs> and then one of them just like so this is weird right and like no it wasn't it wasn't weird until you said the thing that's weird is someone being like i want to leave but i don't know how to say i want to leave yeah essentially their entire relationship was based on love which i guess makes it hard to be friends and then Teresa walks in yeah Teresa arrives early and Marissa upset because Ryan did say, it's like, oh, no, I got to do homework. Did you see There's what Marissa housekeeper. was wearing? Oh, okay. We went for different things. <laughs> yes, there first. was a housekeeper. You go first. Marissa yeah. was wearing jeans with a skirt over top. I it mean, was a real Anna type outfit. <laughs> it was like a flouncy black skirt. And I, I know things happened in this scene, but all I could see was her outfit. <laughs> well, you know, she... She wants to be flirty, but not too flirty. So she's like, I'll wear a skirt to give him the image of a skirt. But <laughs> oh, I'll wear... no. He'll look at my legs. <laughs> but I'll wear jeans because I don't want to give it up too easy. Though I do really want to give it up very I ju- easily. I, ju- I just want him to ask for it. He'll say, hey, girl, take them jeans off. <laughs> hey, girl, I know you're wearing two belts, one for the jeans and one for the skirt. Remove one of them. Your choice. Mm. Mm, yes, what a gentleman. <laughs> so you notice the housekeeper came back. Yeah, the housekeeper's there for one scene and then gone again into the eighth. As we saw when they have dinner later, which we will talk about. <laughs> the, I guess the housekeeper's only there during the day. I don't know the point of the housekeeper. Well, she never appears to be cleaning. Well, this bugs me because ter- so Teresa arrives. Who lets her in? The, How does she get into that house? housekeeper. Yeah, but, like, the housekeeper is just a tool so that later everyone can be like, ooh, I haven't met Teresa. I want to meet Teresa. It's so dumb. Well, no, no, no. Aaron, that's not the dumb part. Let me explain to you the dumb part. The dumb part is that Teresa comes in, and then we immediately cut to the next scene with um, Sandy and Kirsten talking in the kitchen. And apparently, this is hours later. And I have Mm -hmm. no idea what Teresa or Ryan did. I have no idea how much time went by. Because I thought Teresa was still there. Until Seth and Ryan come in from another room. Well, that's not what's important, Kevin. What's more important is Marissa's emotions about it. 
Yeah. Mar- yeah, Marissa. Mar- Once again, Marissa doesn't want Ryan, Ryan to... to life. Yeah. Yeah. So, Aaron. Yeah, Kevin. What are you drinking tonight? Well, I bought a green juice for tonight, which was a juice made of greens. And then I realized that tomorrow I have my labor relations class, which means I will leave my house at 7 a.m. and get home at 9 p.m. And I was like, hmm, the green juice will be more important tomorrow (laughs) to get me going. So instead. Instead, I'm drinking a Big Rock Brewery belly flop. Ooh, what's the thing? The th- well, as you can see, Kevin can see this. Audience cannot. <laughs> Maybe I'll take a picture. I often say I'll Instagram things, and then I don't. Yeah, you know, that's bad. Well, it's, um, there's a dock with two chairs on it, and then a floating giant Here, apricot. Let me describe it. So what I said. So this seems like a quaint mountain uh, locale. Uh, the water is very, very blue. There is a dock that goes off into the distance. We can't see if it reaches land or if it's just floating somewhere. It does, however, have a ladder at the end. There are two empty uh, chairs. You know, those nice chairs you'd see on a... On a dock. On a dock. And then the only thing I can assume that happened in this weird apocalyptic situation is that the two people have become an apricot that is currently flying through the air. It's giant. It's bigger than the dock. Yeah, it is a huge apricot. And it might actually have also just eaten the people. This is this is the end of days. This, this is just a warning. This is a warning to us to fear the apricot. This is a limited edition beer. It is an apricot grisette. Mm-hmm. I don't know what a grisette is, Me but neither. it's a beer. It does that, not sound appealing, though. It's I'm a beer be with apricot juice. It is only a three point four alcohol level, so that's good. It is on the very light side. It has a mid-range between malt and hops. It is a very low IBU. Oh, it is a light crisp Belgian-style brew that tangles perfectly with Canada's warm summer sun. Canada doesn't have a warm summer sun. I mean, it was pretty hot today. Sort of. It was like 12 degrees, and we were like, woo, warmth, it's summer. It was 15. (laughs) All right. All I know is I had to work at the bar studio, and in the morning we had 27 people in the class, and then it was so nice out that by the afternoon, eight. Nice. All right, so this is a grisette. Would you like this, a taste of this, like, troubling view of our future? No, no, I'm going to let that just soak in my mind and Haunt your dreams. I, for one, welcome our apricot overlords. Delicious. So with another weird, like, time skip, it's now... I guess the morning, though. Mm-hmm. So Julie and Luke are in a motel. Which is supposed to be like a dingy motel room. It's very but nice. But it's pretty nice. I mean, to be fair, it looks like a dingy motel room that they made to look very nice. Mm-hmm. It is $79 a night. Which I wouldn't mind paying that to say that motel. Yeah. It's very themed. This and, is the Mermaid Inn. And so I guess when Julie and Luke were meeting up, they met up and then they stayed at the hotel overnight. Yeah, which I don't understand why they couldn't Darn. stay in the house. Because Caitlin is not staying at home. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They went They went to a motel. They, they did their gross thing. Julie was just worried the OC would be looking from his looking perch. As he does. As he does. Uh, okay, and then, so um, Luke is like, oh, I got to take off. I get to. I gotta get to homeroom. And Julie's like, Ugh. And Julie's like, oh god, I forgot. And then she gets a phone call from Caitlin. 
because Caitlin is outside the house with grandma because she caught her diorama. And I'm just like, why doesn't Caitlin have a key to her own home? <laughs> well, Kate doesn't want her to walk in on her. And Lu- oh, no, way, they don't have sex there. Right? Why hmm. doesn't she have a key to her own home? Well, because when she gave this her the key. This is very, very bad. Because, Aaron, when, Ka- when Caitlin did use have the key to her own home, she used to sneak boys in there for boy fights. Well, so she lost the right to the keys. Well, this is poorly thought out. Also, Julie keeps on forgetting she exists. Like, like when she gets a phone call, she's like, Caitlin? Oh, right. <laughs> like, who are you? <laughs> Why are you calling me? You're not Marissa. Who is, so I assume grandma, who's grandma? Is grandma um, Julie's mom? Is yeah. grandma? It has to be Julie's it mom. It can't be Julie's mom. <laughs> Julie is poor and lives in a trailer park. It can't be Jimmy's mom. It has to be Jimmy's mom. That makes no sense. I mean, I guess Jimmy's mom it could has be. to be Jimmy's mom. <laughs> like, I have to care of Caitlin because Jimmy's got his own stuff going on. Okay, and why doesn't Jimmy's mom have a key to the house? I don't know. Kurt, look, look, grandma, <laughs> grandma whatever and Caitlin have a close bond. We hear about them a, a lot. lot. They're going on their own adventures. I want a spinoff. That, that, <laughs> it's just that, Caitlin and Grandma. Yeah, Grandma Grandma is what I'm going to call her. For she Great. is all grandmas. Maybe that's what she is. Maybe when when it's like it's Grandma, it's not Caitlin's Grandma. It's, it's everyone's the Grandma. The spirit of Grandma. <laughs> the spirit of Grandma is helping Caitlin get her diorama. Perfect. So Julie has to go back to get the diorama. And this yeah. is not what she thought romance would be. Yeah, she's very she she at this point now is weirded out. She says Lucas eighteen. How? I guess Luke got held back. Great. And all, well, I mean, Luke is eighteen, and then then Marissa seventeen. No, they're sixteen because Mar- Teresa is older. Jimmy than... calls. Jimmy says Marissa seventeen. So are they just in senior year? Because I spoiler alert, they are not done high school until the end of the third season. Aaron, are they do, just in? I have a question, Aaron. Do any of these people seem particularly smart? Maybe Ryan, they were, maybe. Ryan, <laughs> Seth, so, Anna. So Ryan is 16, Marissa is 17, Luke is 18. Oh my god. <laughs> they were just held back. No sense. Uh, also, Teresa works. Okay, so at this no, point, I was like, st- yeah, she's so, staying there, but it looks like she works there. Like, it looks like she's a house cleaner. Well, because she's wearing an outfit. And also, I didn't realize, recognize it was her first because this shot is so weird. So Luke walks it's outside, so far away. walks away, and then Teresa walks past him, goes into her room. And we're gone. Like, mm-hmm. that's all we see is that <gasps> Teresa is staying next to where Julie, Julie and Luke, Luke had sex once. that one time. Right. <sighs> so Ryan tries really hard to make things okay with Marissa. He's very sweet. Yeah. Um, and then Anna cannot well, resist the urge to give advice to Seth. Yeah, she fairy godmothers because she floats in as the ghost she is. Yep. She fairy godmothers Seth a little bit more. She's like, maybe you need to be a little bit brave. <laughs> maybe you need to stand up for yourself a bit. Like, mostly she says the exact same thing she said in episode three. Which, which he learned briefly. Which is like, hey, Seth, how about you act like a real human being adult? Great. I, I, know, I know you're 25 because you're held back so long. Ryan is 16. Marissa's <laughs> 17. Luke is 18. Seth is 25. But Seth is supposed to be smart. That's like his defining characteristic. Smart and nerdy. <laughs> anyway, Uncle Sean is in Sandy's restaurant and has some booze. Yeah. Which he took from the restaurant and yeah. he's just serving to he's, himself. He's very impressed about it. Um, and Uncle Sean is evil. Yep. Like Very obvious. Sa- Sandy's like, hey, so the guy whose room you went into, he is a contractor for 
a company that works against the Newport Group. Like they're the main competitors yeah. of the Newport Group. And he was like just about to sign a big contract with them, and you just happened to wander into that room. I bet, I bet if you stumbled in that room, you would just see the documents just laying out in the open. Because that's what people... Though it makes me... It makes, I guess, a little more... He probably didn't stumble in. I guess he must have started rooting around. Oh, he was not drunk and he was not stumbling. He was breaking in so, and then pretended he was drunk when he got caught. Yeah. So, um... I was really worried. Yeah, I was too. Uh, so, once Sandy calls out Uncle Sean for his, like, sneaky breaking in badness... Uncle Sean is like, oh, well, I mean, I know a lot of things. And if the DA started talking to me, I don't know. I feel like maybe a lot of secrets might come out. And I like how what we learn later, we understand what the face of Sandy is giving there. Because we get a, we get a, oh, my God. Like, this is such a close-up on the whole of their faces. Yeah. It is top of the eyebrow, bottom of the mouth. It is very close on their faces. Mm-hmm. It is the closest I've ever been to... Sandy Cohen's face, and I don't want to be any closer. But, like, we at the moment he gives an expression, and you don't quite know what it is until later, which is like, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. He do- He's like, oh, okay, that's fun. He's like, sure. sure. I mean, what? I guess you'll reveal some things about Caleb, whatever. Yeah. So then we have a real cute scene where Teresa and Ryan are wandering around eating ice cream bars. And- Can I still say I do not feel any romantic chemistry between no. them? And she even, like, at this point, she has a line where she, something about, like, has something to do with, like, Ryan getting all, like, pent up and emotional about Marissa or something. And then he's like, well, it was always so easy with you. And she's like, yeah, because that's why, that's because I never liked you like that. Or, like, something along those lines. It's, it's and at that moment, I was like, that's the most believable thing you've said. Yeah, I mostly zoned out because it's this conversation because I knew what they wanted it to say and it was not feeling it. They mm-hmm. clearly wanted this to be like, look how well they get along as a couple. I'm like, it feels really friendship heavy. Yeah. It feels like when, when, uh, when Seth talked to Anna in that first episode. Not later, because the chemistry built up later. Yeah, but when, that first episode when they just clicked. Yeah, just not like, oh yeah, no, yeah. They, these, these guys are buddies. Also, so she talks about um, Eddie, who oh, I yeah. assume Eric Balfour is Eddie. And she yes. said, because he's like, oh, and I'm, what about Eddie? And she's like, oh no, he's... You know, We're taking a break. Take- We're figuring out what we are to each other. And he's like, yeah, me and Marissa are also taking a break because trust. <laughs> because she uh, she gaslit me and the guy who was trying to like steal her away and be just pretty much just the worst kind of person pulled a gun on us and he threatened to kill himself or someone else. It wasn't very clear, uh, but that's what we're going through. And like every time he comes <laughs> with his life, it's like, hey, poor kids, see? Anyway, um, so Seth reveals that he thinks he could play Daredevil. Yeah, yo, that, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> And, he, and then she's Jennifer Connelly, I guess. Yeah. Being Electra. Yeah. <laughs> and they're also, he's also very brave and he puts on a sex strike. Yes. He, so the course of the scene is he's like, we're not that thing you think we are. So we're your just, reasons are wrong. <laughs> we're just people and I would like to be your boyfriend in public. And Summer's reaction to all this is always like, I don't want to be those people who, like, make out in public. And he's like, he's not asking that. Yeah, he's not asking for PDA. He just wants you to talk to him. But, I mean, this is a teen drama, which means they will have to be like that. Yeah, that's how couples are. I mean, we saw Marissa and Ryan when she magnetizes to his mouth. Exactly. That's the only way couples can be. Yeah. But, yeah, he goes on a sex strike. 
So meanwhile, Eddie is right there at Ryan's house. Yeah, Eric Balfour goes to Ryan's house. And Ryan is happy? With his jaw. You see him? With, with just his jawline. Just that, that, that heavy chin. He's looking for Teresa. Yeah, because they're engaged. Because. So, that's yeah, great. Who, I guess he saw her yesterday. I keep expecting him to be abusive. The way he, this storyline is playing. Yeah, like, he's super intimidating when you first, when, like, he's talking but to Ryan. I don't think he, he ch- is abusive. Yeah, like, he, like, even when he's talking to him, like, like, every time he talks to him, he just seems like he, he wants to know where his girlfriend disappeared to. Yeah. Like, so... He, Eddie takes it off home because Ryan lies to him and is like, yeah, no, I don't know where Teresa is. I'm honestly surprised that that Miss Bad Timing Teresa didn't, didn't just, like, up. stop up, like, walk in with the housekeeper behind her, just on the parking lot. It's because Ryan was coming home from being with her. So, meanwhile, <laughs> let's cut to Teresa's hotel room, which is filled with approximately one million candles. Yep. And Ryan yep. has gone there. To, well, he's upset about this. Well, yeah, yeah. This is maybe the next day. When no, he's in her this is room? still that night. But is it dark when they're having salad? Yeah. So somehow no one sees Caleb showing up at Julie's house. So yeah, so Caleb Caleb goes up there and he's like, "Hey, here's some flowers," and Julie is smitten for a while until she, you know, remembers. Everything, I guess. Yeah. What prompted this scene seems weird. Well, Caleb was just, you know, he had an emotional day. He had to deal with the un- Uncle Sean stuff, and he just wanted some companionship. <laughs> and he forgot that Julie Cooper is a crazy and b a strong woman with her own backbone. Yeah, yeah. So, so su- suffice to say, Caleb is sent away. Okay, so it does seem out of place that you're like, because she tries to be like, this is a booty call, and it is. Yeah. But the thing is, this is a Caleb booty call. Yeah. He is, he's not planning on coming in and, like, sexing right away. He's genuinely going to take her out for dinner and take her out for he a does, drink afterwards and wine and dine her. So a Caleb booty call takes, like, five hours to does, get to the he, booty part. He does talk to her like it's a business deal. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually okay with that timeline. Yeah. It's early for a booty call, but not for That's, Caleb. Yeah. This is, like, an 8 p.m. booty call. Then... This is the most insane thing. This is more insane than the Caleb-Julie timeline. Yeah. Somehow, Caleb disappears. No one saw him there. They have, like, four or five giant trays of takeout. They have so much salad. Why do they have that much salad if they just think that it's going to be... The four of the Coens I think, I think there. at this point, they always just assume, look, let's just order extra because someone's going to show up. That's like food one, for 20, one, I feel one like. One or two or like three people. And they're like, it's been a while. You know what? I think we're about due for like a 20 influx. Like, they're, at this point, they're ready. And they're right because here comes Teresa. Yep. First, Sandy tries to get some more information about Uncle Sean. Oh, yeah. And Kirsten's like, you just got to talk to my dad. <laughs> Kirsten... Kirsten wants to do nothing this episode. Yeah. She's like, All she wants to do is lift that salad. She's like, oh, Caleb, talk to Sandy. And Sandy's like, hey, do you want to? Like, no, Sandy, talk to Caleb. I got to lift this salad. It's a lot of, there is a lot of salad I here, know. Sandy. Like, like, like I, I meant to put in, I wanted one salad. I put in a hundred. <laughs> we have so much salad. We're going to have salad forever. Let's get the housekeeper in here. Wait, no, we can't get her. Okay, she's somewhere. Oh, she's only here during the daytime. All right. When no one's here. Also, Except for Ryan. Seth? Was wearing a, uh, like, 
mustard-colored velour shirt in this scene. Yeah? It's a bad fashion choice. Well, you know, he's had a weird day. So Okay, so yeah, Ryan brings Trace over to eat. Yeah. Uh, And Seth is very excited for drama. And Sandy is somewhat excited for drama. This is gross, though. Like, Seth is like, oh, it's a telenovela. It's like a Spanish soap opera. And I'm like... This is so much less dramatic than anything that has happened to you over the past six months. You're only doing this because she's a Latina. Calm down. This is gross. It's not that dramatic. <laughs> All right. So we uh, we move over to Marissa where she's uh, wa- where she's just sitting there watching TV. And moping. Can I just say at this moment, I have, I have, it may be a weird thing to know that now, but I have just noticed how Marissa's actress... Uh, Misha Barton. Misha Barton. How, like, much of a hip bone Misha Barton has. Yes, her hip bone is very long and very protruding. Because <laughs> when, she's, when she's lying down, the space between where, like, the side of her stomach is and the top of her jeans are is, like, a good inch and a half. And that's all I could think of was, like, oh, wow, you could stab someone with that. <laughs> she's very long. She's very thin. <laughs> so Marissa is a typical mopey. It's fine teenager just jimmy and jimmy cooper is like not know okay. what happened like jimmy's like hey why aren't you at ryan's i'm like be why would she be at ryan's i think marissa said ryan and i are gonna be friends and jimmy took her at her word he was like oh yeah you guys are gonna be friends that's great dude the crazy thing is in this scene jimmy is both incredibly aware and incredibly unaware at the same time he's he like he's like hey you really 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 like ryan but at the same time, he's like, why aren't you at Ryan? So he's, like, straddling this bizarre line of being like, I know what your feelings are, but I have no idea what's going on. It's kind of a dad thing, though. Like, this is not the same. But I, as you know, I went to Oktoberfest on Friday. And I called mom and dad because mom said she would pick me up at the C train. Mm. And dad was like, hey, how was the party? <laughs> and I was like, well... I mean, I guess that's sort of an accurate description of what went on. It was a festival. Not being accurate at all in any way. (laughs) Yeah, you you got it. You mostly got it. It was a party. You know I went out with friends. But it wasn't the, you know, culturally accepted term for party. Exactly. Because, like, when we talk about, like, you know, the stampede or even let's just say, like, Mardi Gras or, like, places like that, you wouldn't be like, hey, you going to the party? And you're like, do you mean... Mardi Gras? Like this overarching cultural event that takes up our city? Yeah. I'm going to the party. So. <laughs> so sweet. I was like, yeah, Dad, the party was good. All right. So, Teresa, what I learned about her is She that, only wants to tell embarrassing stories oh, yeah. about Ryan. Her favorite pastime is to tell people embarrassing stories about Ryan. Also, Sandy did a musical. He did Grease. He did a couple musicals in university, but definitely Grease. Oh, he was definitely Danny Zuko. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he and he did it in a way that probably made the parents very uncomfortable. Which makes me now be like, Peter Gallagher, did you do real musicals? <laughs> I gotta go do some research. And then to a surprise to no one, Marissa arrives. The most awkward. And then we cut away. I know we don't get in, to see the awkward. In the most awkward cut ever. I mean this in editing. I don't think this is a commercial break or something because there's no music or something like that. Yeah. She says, so what are we having? And then like the sound yeah. like, dips says, down. What are we talking oh, about? Yeah. What are we talking about? And then the sound dips down. It turns black. And then all of a sudden it's the next morning. We're in the pool house where Eddie has called for Ryan. 
And Seth pretends he cannot find Ryan. <laughs> but Eddie had already hung up. Yes. Okay. They, they keep on cutting over. This episode, they keep cutting past interesting things. This is very typical. This is very typical OC, actually. Like, they quite often cut over the things we want to see. Well, it's annoying because I cut over them and then they talk about them. They're like, hey, yes. remember this thing that happened last time? Like, just show us what happened last and, like, night. I do appreciate the characters actually keep other characters in the loop. Yeah. But they have proven to us the characters keep other characters in the loop. So we don't need to see it that much. We can actually see the interesting things. Yeah. Anyway, so Seth and people in general keep saying that, that Teresa has feelings for Ryan, which I guess is true, but it does not feel that way. And Ryan's like, no, she doesn't, because he's on the same page as us. But Seth gives a lot of dating advice, which is essentially a triangle, not a great shape. It's pointy. It hurts. Don't be like Seth. Don't be yeah. in a triangle. <laughs> Seth is like, look, I went through some things. Through. I know you had your own stuff, but I was doing my own stuff as well. Uh, it's not <laughs> great. Don't do it. Don't spend 10 episodes yeah. doing this. But guess, Kevin, there's six more episodes, seven more episodes to go. Yeah. And we're going to do it. All right. So, the, <sighs> Sonny goes to talk to Caleb. And the crux of this scene, because there's no real resolution to it is in the that episode. Is construction is a dirty business. Yeah. And Sean is terrible. And so is Caleb. And, and Caleb's like, and as I said, mm-hmm. Sandy's like, oh, this isn't my problem at all. And then Caleb tries to be like, well, you know, Kirsten's complicit. And Sandy's like, no, she's not. And Caleb's like. I'll make... He effectively says, I'll make her complicit. And then Sandy's like, I work at a real fancy law office now. We're okay. This is what... The, 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 you said this earlier. This is what I mean by, by, like, why would Caleb ask for Sandy? Why Clearly this was going Sandy? to happen. Of course Sandy was going to figure it out. Why not hire one of your dumb mute lawyers? Like, or why? Like, what? <laughs> Literally anyone who is not Sandy Cohen would you know, have been a better choice. Sandy has links of the DA... So do other people, I'm sure. Does he know Sandy at all? At all? This is so dumb. This is the dumbest of storylines. Now back to somewhat somewhat of a better storyline. Anna makes herself corporeal for Summer. So she can play Mrs. Pac-Man and give Summer some advice. Now, well, I mean, I guess Summer finds Anna. That's true. Summer (laughs) just wills Anna into being. Because Anna's playing a game as a poltergeist. So Anna is wearing, I just want to admit, Anna's wearing a name tag? Yes. Or she's something? wearing like an Argyle-ish sweater with a name tag on it. Well, it looks like it's actually stitched in and it says, um, not Jayami, which is like, I love you or mm-hmm. I love. It's Jetami. Um, which. No, I, that's also French. That's I love you. That That's what, that's how yeah. you teach I love you? Yeah. I thought I didn't. I thought I because um, J is I, yeah. and then Ami is love, and then it would be if you were like really really bad at French, it'd be J Ami toi. Yeah, but because of how French works, the T goes before. So it becomes Jet Ami. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean because I I knew because I, I knew it, it, there's supposed to be a space between J E and the T yeah. Ami. Yeah, no, it just looks like Jet Ami. I'm like yeah. that's well, sort I mean, of French. You have to keep in mind that Anna has inhabited the body of an old man and has forced her features upon him so that she can become... This is... 
So she you, no, has I don't. I'm in. Flesh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just it took me a moment there. Um, hang on. I can do this. Uh, she's dressed like an old. Yeah. Man. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. She. Yeah. So she has found a found a tiny old man. Yes. Yeah, so she all has of the street. forced all of her features upon him, so she she can become flesh. She has, in this. Yeah, she has possessed him not only by putting her mind to him, but also putting her body on top of him. Yes. Meanwhile, he is trapped inside of her, screaming. But that's the only thing that explains her outfit. Um, so the crux of this episode, which I would have liked some hints of earlier, but I guess they thought it was a mystery, but instead it was just dumb and annoying, is that Summer doesn't understand why Seth likes her. And she is so scared that once he gets to know her, yeah. he's going to break up with her. And she is worried that if everyone knows that they're dating, then when he breaks up with her, it's so much worse and it's so much more embarrassing. I And this is a very true. Yeah. Like, this is very realistic. Is it a, that the reason I like it, the reason I think it works good now specifically, is because for the longest time you've seen a one-sided thing. You've seen mm-hmm. a lot of like Seth, Seth, you know, Seth of Summer, Seth of Summer, and then you get Summer like reciprocating to an extent, but like this this is very nice because it's it shows a moment where of like how her mind works. Of uh, the mm-hmm. fact that like she is so against her own emotions that the way she like fights against them is by being distant. The thing is, I think Rachel Bilson is a very good actress. Yeah. I think she might be the strongest actress on the show. Yeah. I think this episode reads like they didn't tell her the twist. Yeah. Until the day they filmed this scene. Or maybe the day before. They're like, here's your sides for tomorrow. Oh, no. A hundred percent I feel that way. Because remember at the beginning when... Well, remember last episode when we yeah. found out she was a virgin? She was definitely not written as a virgin. Yeah, the, it's just, it's dumb and disingenuous, and that's why I'm anti this episode. Because I think Rachel Bilson, if they had let her in on it from the beginning, yeah. which again, I'm just making assumptions. Yeah. But I truly believe she is so talented that if she had known this from the beginning of the episode, yeah. we would have like a really cool and nuanced and layered performance where we're like, there's, this is, hmm. I will say that I am willing to accept that the character of Summer is very good at because is very good at like essentially hiding herself. But all we need is for Ghost Anna to ask one question, and then Summer's like melt. Yeah, it's. I mean, also, Aaron, you forget Ghost Anna has ghost powers. Ghost Anna has also. Ghost powers. Go, also, it has been it's set up before. It's weird because Anna's character is so weird that Anna and Summer are really close friends. That's true. Like it's. It's unfortunate that because Anna's not a main character, we don't see it as much as Summer and Marissa. But they're close friends. So. They're better friends than Summer and Marissa. Yeah. So I, I like this. Uh, essentially, Summer has real emotions, and she's worried. Also, also, I, I felt like what Summer wasn't also even totally honest in that scene. Like, it's not just that she's, she's you know, we're like, oh, no, my reputation when we break up. No, but up. it's worse. If someone breaks up with you and everyone knows they broke up with you, that yeah. is so much worse than just yeah. being broken up with. But It's completely real. Like, that no, no, motivation no, yeah, yeah, yeah. is 100%. But I, I also feel like some of it might be that she, because the way that she's acting early ones, she's worried that if she actually says this relationship as well, then that will somehow, like, commit her totally and she and she's already worried that you know it's not gonna like mm-hmm. how's this gonna work out now julie sucks julie calls luke because i guess caleb or not I, I don't know she calls luke to the mermaid says the same room so anna meddles with summer and seth and then marissa meddles with Teresa, and then ryan meddles with eddie 
And it's all just a bunch of meddling. Um, There was a weird composition in the middle there where Marissa goes to talk to Teresa. She's super aggressive? No, it's filmed in such a way that it seems like Ryan will be in the hotel room. It does seem like she's hiding it. But he's not. I was only talking about how the fact when Marissa got there, she's like, and she's like, Teresa, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, what? Like, like, Teresa... She's a group in Chino. She's ready to get stabbed. Yeah. Yeah. So Ryan drives out to Chino. The film stock degrades. He talks to Eddie. Not as much as before, but not it much definitely as before. does. They, they desaturated a little bit. They didn't, I don't, they did not, they definitely didn't use a different stock, but they did desaturate it. Yeah. So this is what I was talking about. That like when they're, they do the talk and then Eddie's just like, you know, once again, he's threatening, but he doesn't seem bad right now. No, I know. So the show sets me up to think he's going to be, like, abusive and terrible. Yeah. And then he never delivers. Like, I think he genuinely loves her and just wants to marry yeah. her and doesn't like that she ran off. Yeah, and even, like, even when, like, he's, at this point, he's, like, oh, yeah, so you saw her, you lied to me, she's like, I, I proposed to her, and then she ran off to see you. And yeah. what he says, which I think is a good way of phrasing it, he's like, like, well, if, if you do love her, well, you have to get ready to, and I thought he was going to be, like, fighting me. He's like, no, you're going to have to get ready to fight for her. I'm like, oh, like, yeah, I, and I don't different. think he means like, yeah, we're going to fist No, he's up. like, put in the time and effort and yeah. emotions and be yeah. there for her. What did work for me, though, is at the end of the Marissa and Teresa scene when Marissa, or sorry, Teresa said, I've just realized that you can't wish for something that's not going to happen. you got to hold on to the next best thing. Can we talk about that for a little bit? No, I loved it. No, no, no. No, not about what she says, but like the way they they did it in the episode was... Okay, so they're cutting between these two scenes. Mm-hmm. They cut to um, to, so yeah, uh, how it works is that uh, Marissa gets there, goes into Teresa's apartment. You go back to Ryan and yeah. Ryan and um, Eddie. Cut back to them, and uh, uh, Marissa's like married. So they got somehow got to that. Yeah, which means she's saying like, I'm getting married. Mm-hmm. Cut away. Cut back, and all of a sudden Teresa is like mid deep talk about like this stained glass she saw at um, the church mm-hmm. of, like, you know, someone being pierced by an arrow and how she always dreamed of, like, when she would be able to get married and be able to see that when she's getting married and being pierced by her own arrow, which is a very, very good, like, sentence. But the transition into that seems... Yeah, the transition was not great. And the woman who plays Teresa is not an amazing actor. So it was very much, like... Now I do my monologue. Well, it, well, it, it feels like even the even the writers were like, I don't know, how, like we like we have this awesome monologue for her to say. I don't know how to get her into it. Oh, we'll just cut into it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was clumsy, but I mean, the place it got to really was yeah. the only thing in this episode that I thought yeah. was good and struck a chord for me. So yeah, so it was nice. Uh, but Marissa is totally weirded out by it. Well, I mean, I think anyone would be. If someone's it, like, hey, I'm gonna marry someone else. I don't love him, yeah. but I can't be with the person I love, so. It's a very, like, deep and serious and symbolic moment. And Marissa's like, man, I just want to talk to you about. How much we both like Ryan, Ryan. and how we can't have him. Um, I'm going to leave now. And then <laughs> Julie arrives and, like, like at the Mermaid Motel. Mm. And as her door shuts, the other door opens and Marissa steps out. And I'm like, sure. you just know, like, clearly, I mean, this is telling stories out of school, but Teresa's not going anywhere. And you just know someone's going to see Julie. Thanks, TV show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, Seth, 
The timeline of this is all very odd. Seth proclaims his love for Summer on top of a table. I don't care anything else around it. He 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 goes to the kissing booth and he's like, "Everyone, get out!" And then he stands on top of a table and is like, "I this this is my girlfriend, and I'm and I love her so much." I do like that all the guys are like, and, and the, wander away, and all the girls are like, "Oh my all god!" The cheerleaders are like, "Yay!" So Summer gets on the table as well, and they kiss. And Anna looks on and then fades away. Meanwhile. She's a ghost. (laughs) No one else interacts with her. And in this scene when she's surrounded by people. No one notices her. She's like doing the equivalent of like standing at the corner and giving a solemn nod. (laughs) Well, you know, a bell just rang and a ghost got his wings. And that ghost is Anna. All right. Well, let's talk about the end scene. I think it's dumb. Teresa calls Eddie, but also Ryan is there. Calls. And he's being terrible, and then they kiss. And then Eddie's on the phone, and he's like, Teresa? Teresa? Baby? And I'm like, bleh, 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 bleh. Well, well, like, so Teresa calls, asks for leave. Eddie, like, hey, can I talk to Eddie? Oh, someone else. And then just puts the phone down. I'm like, yeah. No. And it's Ryan, no. and there's still no chemistry between them. And then they kiss. And they kiss in a very and then weird I way. Vomit everywhere. And then Eddie seems like a sweet guy, and I kind of feel bad for him. I hope he's secretly abusive. I mean, that's the only way to make me not feel. I. I mean, that's the only way to make the storyline not terrible. I mean, I actually also wouldn't mind if it ended with Teresa essentially figuring out no. I was just scared. Yeah. Hey, Eddie, d- maybe we should get married in like three years when I'm not 17. Yeah. I mean, even if the, the show decides to do it's dumb, like it's going to marry right now, the thing that I, I usually give shows like this a leeway in that because those characters aren't actually 17. Yeah. I, I, don't even, I don't even mean that by like, oh, yeah, I know the actors are older. They write those characters like to they're... To be older, but they make them 17 because it gives us all of the fun constraints of high school. Yeah. Yeah. So, Aaron... In this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Just one. You can have one moment, and it cannot be football. The moment is when Julie calls Luke on the phone, and he says, Hey, Mrs. And she says, You call me Mrs. Cooper, I'm going to murder you. And then they go have sex. <laughs> Kevin, did you find no C moment? Uh, so my CW moment is Seth getting excited for the drama because, one... There isn't really any. And two, he says earlier and later, like, for Ryan to be careful and to not get into drama. It sounds it sounds like these people had this idea and they needed someone to say it. And they're like, I mean, Seth? We'll just make Seth, Seth likes say pop it. culture. We'll make Seth say it. So Seth will be the one yeah. who, who will say this whole thing. And also, it's not like a, tele- a telenovela <sighs> at all because... I've watched Jane the Virgin, and Jane the Virgin is a telenovela. <laughs> this show is not. Yeah. It's almost like they didn't have a title for the episode. And then at like 3 a.m., the day before the script was due, they came up with one and they were like, let's well, go back in. Well, it feels let's like. Let's filter it back into the episode. It feels like they wrote a telenovela, but they did not edit a telenovela. That's like, true. Like, I yeah, can, I guess. I can see how the plot lines would fit together that way because there's a lot of like insane, like, Interworkings that have to go between it, but the problem is that the OC is not a 
it's not like community where episodes can have kind of like thematic things. Yeah. Like you don't see this as thematic, but so when they have these weird stories that interweave in these coincidental meet- meetings and things like this, it just feels like weird writing. Maybe they should have had some fun music. So if you like that episode, <laughs> you didn't. But you should. Uh, I mean, you you didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't like all that much either. But uh, there's, I found good moments in it. You've decided everything in this episode is bad. I was very unhappy when I watched it. I really wanted to like <laughs> it's, it. It's not even really, really the worst episode. It's not good. Okay. But if you guys liked, if you guys like Ghost Anna, that's a thing you could like. That was good. You can give us a rating, a review, a subscription on Apple Podcasts. You can also hit us up on some social medias. Those are all Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We have some email. And they're all Podcast MOA. And the email is at gmail.com. Because we're hosted by Gmail. And by hosted by Gmail, I mean I signed up for a free email address. Yep. Our email is hosted by Gmail. Okay. okay. I'm sorry, guys. Okay. I'm going to be in a better mood next week. Okay. I actually, I think there's some hijinks coming next episode, so I'm very excited for the hijinks. <laughs> so many hijinks. Okay. Um, also, you can just tell your friends about us. Guys, Riverdale is coming back so, so soon. We're going to have to take a break from the OC because OC seasons are a million hours long. <laughs> yeah. 27 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. We, we'll, we'll figure something out to do. We maybe we'll like... Maybe there'll be breaks, and we I'm can sure do there'll there. be breaks. If if Over not, Christmas if not, we'll try, we'll we'll try to see if we can finish the OC. If not, I guess we're going to be picking up to do the final of it after. Yeah, there there will for sure be breaks, like over Christmas and stuff. Yeah. TV is weird now. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, keep in mind the oh, sorry Riverdale premieres on October 11th, which is my birthday. We will be eating wings. We will be watching Riverdale on the 11th. I will be live tweeting it. All of our reactions live. It's going to be super, super fun. October 11th when Riverdale premieres. Listen to us. We are the OG Riverdale podcast. How will Eddie react when he hears about Ryan and Marissa? How will Sandy handle Uncle Sean's case? Who will Ghost Anna's next victim be? Answers to all this and more on the next episode of Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast. Maybe next time.